When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Taking Care of Lady Business, where we put the business back in lady business. Hosted by Jennifer Justice, founder and CEO of the Justice Department, a management strategy and law firm that works with female and woke male entrepreneurs, executives, talent, brands, and creatives to build and maximize their wealth, focusing in the areas of tech, consumer product, finance, media, entertainment, and fashion. Jennifer interviews entrepreneurial women who have done it all, who will be sharing their secrets on all things business, especially as a woman. These highly successful women will share strategies and insights, including what not to do and what it takes to win. And now, here's your host, Jennifer Justice. Hi, welcome everybody to this edition of Taking Care of Lady Business, where we're putting the business back into lady business. Today, we're going to talk about co-founders and how you find them with Amy Parker and Gina Pell. They run an amazing platform, a content and community platform for women called The What? Hi, ladies. JJ. Hi there. Thanks for having us. Thank you for being here. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about what you're doing, um, now, you know, tell me a little bit about the company, how you started it, and then we'll really get into how you found each other and how you never left each other. <laughs> I just can't quit you, Amy. Amy, you go. Cause you're the, you're the executive and I'm just the content chief. So you go for oh, it. Oh man. Uh, well, yes, it's true. Gina and I've been partners for almost 20 years now. Not almost. I guess it has been 20. Yeah, it's been. Wow. Try 21. Actually, girl. exactly. Try 21. 21. All right. 21 years now. Um, yeah. Holy crap. Uh, who remembers the anniversaries in the relationship? Guess, right. Yes. Right. Um, I've been with her longer than I've been with my husband. So um, we, uh, yeah. So the what is our third venture together. And we've always been in the space of women's media, women's community, quick, background. Um, our first company was Splendora, Splendora.com. We had a blog before there were blogs. We had a private social network with 10,000 women before mm-hmm. Facebook existed. Um, we started in 99, sold in 2010. During that time, we worked with so many incredible women across all industries. It was a luxury city guide. So best places to shop, spa, eat, stay. And in that we were able to create so many interesting relationships with women who were also just coming up in their career, whether it was a woman owning, you know, who ran a spa to the advertising director at Bloomingdale's or the VP of marketing at Dior. And so we've been really lucky to always be working with some really incredible women over the last 20 years. So Sold Splendora uh, in 2010. Sue Kenderson Cassidy uh, of Google was launching Joyous, the first video commerce platform. And we went and worked with her to build that brand. We quickly realized that we were not meant to be working for someone other than ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we, uh, we were there for a couple of years, parted ways, 
did other projects. And as Gina said, we just couldn't quit each other. So we got, we got back together in late 2015 to launch the what, and um, we well, built- first we drank a lot of rosé at the beach. <laughs> did remember we're like, oh my gosh, I have a great idea. Okay, let, look, let's talk about our bad idea. Our bad idea <laughs> oh, was God, yeah. <laughs> to because we rented a beach house in Malibu. And, well, they said it was a beach house, and it turned out to be this really crappy apartment. Shack. It was so it was the worst place. Oh and, um, my god! And so we had this idea of launching a company that would curate the best Airbnb properties. Um, okay. And then we quickly figured out how the hell are we going to do that? We're going to pay for a lot of B&B rentals, <laughs> Airbnb rentals. Um, but then we, we launched the what, which was basically one portion of Splendora, which was the newsletter. And we just wanted to launch an old school newsletter uh, informing women on what matters, what's cool, what's, what's in, what's not in. And so we've been doing that for five years now. Yeah. A little over five years. Well, over, yeah, we'll ha- we'll be at six years, November six. I remember that anniversary. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So then, how did you get together in the first place? How did this happen? <laughs> Gina, well, actually, you know what? So I started Splendora in '99, and then I called my best friend in London to come help me because she she was so good at sales, and so she came, and she was my first co-founder, and then she got pregnant. And had to leave the company, and um, she hired Amy. We didn't even know, we didn't know Amy, and so when she hired Amy, I was telling her because my, my my girlfriend like really loves beautiful things, beautiful people, and I said, "Are you sure that this broad knows what she's doing? I mean, are you just hiring her because she's hot? Because no thanks, you know." Like we we hired Amy as our director of business development, um, and Amy and I started working together. We didn't really know each other that well. And then we went out to dinner one night after this event, this really great event, we started talking and we realized that we thought the same way, which is we dream things into reality. Mm-hmm. That was a stony conversation, Amy. Really I, think, I think that was like two or three bottles of champagne or something. And I hadn't met a lot of people, women, especially that had that kind of, I don't even know if we call it, if it's confidence, it was, a, it's just a philosophy of, I decide what's going to happen. And then it happens. I make it happen. Mm-hmm. And that's how, I mean, I think that was like, you know, that was our moment, right? That was our defining moment, it as Kierkegaard would say. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, okay. So what, so that, I mean, that's a good point, right? It's like, you have yeah. to have, you know, this common thread, an understanding, right? It's like what you want to do and achieve. So it sounds like mm-hmm. philosophically you understood mm-hmm. what you wanted, Right. Is that what it was? I mean, what was the philosophy? What was it that you guys like just melded over? Well, it's like falling in love, right? It's, a, it's, yeah. it's like a, it's any kind of relationship that lasts. It's like when you figure out that it's less about what your goals are because goals change all the time. Right. But it's more about how, how do you think? How do you approach the world? How do you see the world? Right? right. And Amy and I realized at that moment, we saw the world and the way that we approached it in the same way. Yeah. And, um, and then, and it's not like all of a sudden we're like, all right, let's, let's be partners. Right. I mean, yeah. our company, the whole dot-com thing was collapsing around well, us. It was. And that's when we, like <laughs> our, our love, our, our blue, like burgeoning love for each other was put to the test. Not yeah. too long after in yeah. spring of, what was that? Spring of 2001 when everything started to collapse. 
every, you know, well, 1999 was when, I mean, I I started the company then in 2000, right? Like when we hired Amy and everything was looking up March, 2000 is when the huge headlines all over every single newspaper in the world said the dot-com bust, right? So I'm like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Can I swear on this show? I assume I can. (laughs) Have you met me? Yes. (laughs) Have you met me? (laughs) So, um, so we, we had to, uh, fire everybody. And, you know, when the shit hits the fan, I kind of really go inward and start to panic alone. And Amy was like, just come on, y'all. This is a good idea. (laughs) We shouldn't close. You know, meanwhile, we're, we're, we're walking down to the garage with our boxes full of our crap, you know, and trying to figure out a way to return all the computers. Remember all those computers we leased? (laughs) Just trying to sell office furniture. And, you know, Amy's enthusiasm and because I didn't want to close down, I didn't want to close down because I didn't want to be a failure. And I also, but I just didn't see a way forward. We couldn't raise any more money. We had like a hundred thousand dollars in debt, you know, and uh, we had no people and our people who we laid off just kept showing up at the office. They just wanted to hang out with each other while they were looking for a job. And um, yeah. And then like, before you knew it, like we just started hustling and we instead of doing the website temporarily we started making printed directories printed like books yeah instead of our dream was to create like a yelp you know, or city search of, of great products and so instead what we did is we just um quickly pivoted and started making guidebooks of right. san francisco because it's and, what and, people understood back in the day mm-hmm. you know yeah. nobody wanted to be digital at that point everyone was terrified so yeah so um, and we just it, uh shifted and we're just like going you know and so i think the original the co-founder yeah yeah the original pivot i think in terms of co-founders i don't know how people do it um untested like they just go you you will be my co-founder without putting them to the test i mean i i think you know like most people live with their partner before they decide to get married, if they ever get married. Right. But they date them for a while before. And so I don't know how people can just choose a co-founder and just start building something together. I mean, I, I observed Amy, Amy and I worked together for probably like five years before you became my co-founder. Right, Amy? Yep, correct. And I said, Amy, I mean, you're obviously my partner, so I'm going to make you an official partner. And, um, you know, and then she's been my partner ever since. I mean, you we uh... work the same way. Yeah, you, so you have the same work ethic, you have the same like mm-hmm. kind of vision and outlook and, on life, mm-hmm. but you also have to have different roles, right? Because that's one mm-hmm. of the things mm-hmm. that I find a lot of co-founders don't even know. It's like, well, we both do the same thing. We're really exactly, oh, no, we don't do the but same thing. okay, who's going to talk to the lawyer? Who's going to talk to the accountant? Who's going to do the PR? Who's going to do uh-huh. the interviews? You yeah. know? Yeah. Talk about yeah. that. How do you go? How did you, it was a natural kind of split, right? But yeah. there has to be some decisions you do together. How do you guys split that up? So we were lucky because in that, in, in that period of five years, we got to nat- we got to see each other's natural talents and where we, you know, where we have that skill set and where we want to spend our time. So it was nice because after we officially became partners, our business really started to ramp at that point too. And so we were on a hiring spree. We were, you know, we were bringing in more revenue than we'd ever brought in. So it was a natural split of developing content and design, which was Gina's role. And then me focusing on the business and marketing and sales aspect of the business. And so 
that's how it's always, that's how we've always naturally divided it. That's where our talents lie. I mean, I, I can write, but it takes me a long time nice. to, to do what Gina can do. Just, you know, just like that. Um, and, and Gina loves to be in and, and selling as well when we were selling our sponsors. And it's, it's fun when we can like bring our together energy to a project. Uh, but it's also, if you want to build something successful, you've got to divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I mean, well, Amy loves selling. I mean, Amy loves the business part. I do. I, I I can do the business part. I don't love the business part at all. Like that mm-hmm. spreadsheets. I she knows I hate spreadsheets, yeah. and I've always you know I was the creative from the from day one. You know, so that's simple. Well, yeah. I think it's rare to see somebody who started something and it was their baby to then say like you know I don't want to give up some control, Gina. So that is, you know, um, and and have a co-founder because that's you know one of the issues, right? It's like I want to do it all. And I have to do it all, you know. Um, I never, I've, I've never been that way. <laughs> yeah. I don't well, think you, you know, can be I, that way and be a be a I can. Real, like and really grow a business, right? Yeah. I, well, for me, you know, like I said in the beginning, when I was just about to go out of business, for me, I, like I could never, I would never want to start a business without a partner. And you know, Amy's always been my chosen partner. What we do for each other is, when one is down, the other one brings the other one up. Mm-hmm. And we just happened, I was just telling a friend the other day, she's like, how's it going with you guys? I'm like, actually, we're doing great, but I feel so guilty because I've been kind of slacking. I can't seem to get the engines revving after summer because I finally had a summer, you know? And, but meanwhile, like Amy is just doing great. Like Amy's like, oh, I closed this, I closed that, I closed this. And I'm just total slacking. You know, I'm like eating potato chips, like in my bed. <laughs> That's, I didn't know that was slacking. I thought that was just a Tuesday, but <laughs> exactly. I can work um, while eating potato chips, but you know. So I think I think that partnership. When you find a good partnership, you keep each other going because there, there's undoubtedly hard times, right? Mm-hmm. And one one thing I think you know what keeps us always working together. And when we worked with another, um, she wasn't our partner. She was our boss. She was our CEO, and she was brilliant and such a hard, I mean, I've never seen anybody work this hard. You know, it's not just about finding somebody with a work ethic. She didn't know how to celebrate. And that's something I think the success of our relationship for Amy and me is that number one, we uh, have always agreed family comes first. Mm -hmm. Okay. Most, most people would not say that, but for us, family comes first. You know, I, my mother lives with us and I have two kids. Amy has a child, you know, it's like, so we know that about each other. At the same time, we work our asses off. So it's like we might be taking time with our family, but we're still kind of working. But family comes first. And also when we're not feeling it, we will just like have cocktails over Zoom or something, you know, like like we'll, we like to celebrate our wins and we don't just keep going, 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 going to the next thing, going to the next thing, putting pressure on ourselves like to find a partner who, if that's what's important to you. And that's very important to me. I know it's important to Amy. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Could we kill ourselves and make 50 times the amount of money that we make? Absolutely. Could we go out right now and raise $20 million? We could, but we decided not to raise any money. Mm-hmm. I know. And we've, and we've been really fortunate because we've always, uh, we've been on the same page about these really big decisions too, mm-hmm. because we've been approached um, to raise money. I, I broached that subject with our first company years ago. Maybe we should consider going out and raising another round. And there's such a level of respect and trust in each other and the, and what we have together and what we want to build 
that we're, you know, we're able to, it's not even overcome it. It's just work through it. Like, does this really make sense? Like we know how to push each other in a way to get to the heart of what we, you know, like what the issue is, like, mm-hmm. do we want to raise or should we be looking to sell? Well, we or- almost sold last summer. We did. And yeah, Amy we- talked me out of it. Amy talked me out of it. And I'm so <laughs> glad that you did. Cause you're like, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, wouldn't it be great to just sell after, you know, like we just sell, like send it away. And you're like, but why did we start this to begin with? We wanted to work together and we're having fun. Then we're going to go work for someone else. Like we're going to have to work for somebody else after we sell. We're going to have to go with the company for a little while. Do you want that? You want to be flying from here to there and having the pressure, someone else's pressure. You know, and I thought, no, I don't. So I was selling for ego purposes. And it's like, and, and the money wasn't going to be really significant. Even if it was, it's like, is that money going to really change my life and the way I live? No. So why? Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Well, you guys, so much more fun. (laughs) Well, you're definitely hitting on some of the issues, right? Like these are the things that you need to know about your potential, you know, spouse, basically, you know, your co, your work spouse, um, things like that. Like what is what kind? Like what is your vision for the company? Like what is like you know what? Where do you want it to go? What are your goals? What do you want the work culture to be? Do you want it to be mm-hmm. family first, or do you want to just mm-hmm. work your asses off, not see mm-hmm. your family for five years, and try to sell mm-hmm. it? You know, mm-hmm. do you want to raise money, and from whom? Like these are big questions. These are massive questions mm-hmm. that need to be like thought yeah. about, and they're, they're not something that you can have like three dinners and be like, okay, let's do it because we both want to do this and we hate our jobs, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. What other kind of big decisions do you think there are when you're talking like through these things that you need to like be on the same page? Oh, and and then the division of work for sure. Right. Like that as well. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we know each other so well, so we naturally knew, you know, in the very beginning when we, our our first company, I mean, I had hired Amy to do business development and then, you know, she just took over the entire side of business and sales. Right. So it, that was just a natural uh, you yeah. know, outgrowth of, of our partnership. And then she just kept doing it. Um, something I've heard that is, I find really fascinating is when you don't know your co-founder, like let's say you don't have the time to date your co-founder, you need a co-founder now. Mm-hmm. Um, something I heard that that's fascinating is that um, there's some people who they do like a, a manifesto, right? They, they do, they have each partner, write An operating manual for themselves. Like, here's what I want to do. Here's how I work. Here's how I like to be approached. Here's how I don't like to be approached. So it's an operating manual of how this person works, what they think, what they think their role is, their domain. And then they come together and they share their operating manuals and they work it out. And of course, you know, I mean, having a great lawyer, we had a really great lawyer when we started Splendora. And he was just a junior partner at Perkins Coie, one of the biggest firms in the Valley. And now he's a partner, you know, so it's like, that was 20 years ago. And he was really pivotal in having us think through, you know, especially if your partner's looking at your equity and what happens if your two partners, I mean, Amy and I went through that, you know, like, so what happens if one of us dies and mm-hmm. like, what happens to our shares? You know, like, does, does our husband run it? Does it revert to me? Do I have to buy her out? You know what I mean? 
Yeah, those are big issues that I don't think a lot of people really understand are. or yeah. think through, right? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you have to go through this like yucky stuff that women traditionally like avoid even in their families and, you know, their husbands taking care of the money and thinking about these things, but they're real things. You should be doing an operating agreement, you know, and then in that operating agreement, there's so many different things that you have to decide mutually and like, Mm -hmm. and think about it for potentially forever. If you don't want to sell the company, like working and, you know, and and how you do that. Um, And sometimes, and how that happens is that the company has its own operating agreement and then each co-founder has their own lawyer. Even did you guys do that or Mm -hmm. just use the one person in uh, because you knew each other, you kind of agreed on everything. We, yeah, we used a single, um, just a single agreement. Um, and because individually we know how mm-hmm. we operate, mm-hmm, right. but it doesn't mean that we haven't, that we don't check in with each other yeah. and are we still signing off on our vision? You know, I mean, there are always these key moments in a relationship and business where you have these opportunities to, you know, I go, I take door one or door two or door three. And so, you know, are we still bought, bought in together on like, we want to go down this path. This is what we want to focus on. Um, and if we're not, how do we reconcile that? And where right. does it make sense? And, but that's where having a, a partner that you trust and have just a tremendous amount of respect for comes into play because after Gina and I parted um, at Joyous, I went on and worked with someone else as a partner. She wanted me as her co-founder. Mm-hmm. We didn't know each other at all. And we worked together for 18 months and it was not, a, you know, it, there was not good chemistry. It was not um, a great working relationship. We had very different ideas. Um, and it really just drove home the fact and just the idea that what Gina and I have and what we've built or what we had built, you know, in those 10 years prior was very unique and very special because we had the ability to test each other. We weren't friends before we became co-founders. We weren't co-founders before we became friends. We were just in an environment where we could really work together, observe each other and gain that trust and respect. Mm -hmm. And the situation that I found, I, I didn't find myself in it. I put myself in it. Right. Um, but it was not, there was none of that. It was a very first situation and it felt it. And, and that made a difference, you know, not just in our business, but you know, how our employees reacted and, and the decisions, some of the poor decisions we made. So, you know, after 18 months I left, but it just, and when Gina and I got back together and made the decision to work together, I had that as a reference (laughs) and recognizing that, how do we do things differently? Because we intentionally decided to be partners in the what. And, and, and that was very different than what we had 20 years ago with Splendora. You know, it was like, hey, we've already proven ourselves. Let's do this. Um, and with the what, it was an intentional, like, hey, mm-hmm. let's start this business together mm-hmm. and make a go of it. So, And then, so when you started over with the what. And then you did a whole new like operating agreement, going through the whole thing all over again, making all those key decisions as equals from fresh from the start. Yeah. Yes. 
Correct. Yeah, I know. I see sometimes I'm like on, you know, some women's blogs and stuff. Does anybody have a co-founder agreement like that? I just found somebody and I was like, no, do not do oh, this. Gosh, no, this is just, no, we work like, with our do you lawyer. Have a prenup we can just fill yeah. out so I can like, this needs, this is like, these are big things. These are big decisions. They these are, are big documents, you know? Our, you know, we did. So we, we actually worked with our lawyer. Like, so it, I didn't work with my lawyer and we didn't work with her lawyer. We, both of us had a lawyer from Splendora days that did all of our copyright stuff. And we really trusted her. And she approached it with us, um, you know, because she had both of our interests and yeah. like neither of us were, were closer to her. And so she laid out the early documents and we, we looked at it and that we had a, a discussion about it for like a week. We, we talked about it. We talked about it with our families. We talked about it with her. We talked about it with each other. Um, yeah, and it was like, uh, you know. Right. I mean, we, we've been around. We've, we've been to this rodeo before. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it, we have. But it, it, it makes a difference because I think <clears throat> at the very beginning, however you're going into this, you have to plan ahead. You have to forecast. Mm-hmm. And, and you want to start a partnership on, I think, the right foot. Yeah. want to start it. You know, everyone has the, their best intentions, but to have it documented and then to feel good about it, I think gives you so much more um, clarity and clarity mm-hmm. as you're growing your business, because you don't have to worry about the, like the, the nitty gritty that's mm-hmm. covered and you're comfortable with the decisions you've set for yourself yeah. yourselves. And then you can focus on what you want to do, which is growing a brand, growing a business. Right. The other thing it does is if eventually you do have some kind of argument or whatever, and you can't get through it through, you know, you want to, or you want to just get out, not even an argument, like one just wants to get out and retire, something life-changing has happened. Like there are things in the agreement that handle that, you know, and mechanisms in there. So you know what you can do and how you can get out. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just helpful in the end. It's a prenup. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I can still get divorced. And look, all this, Mm -hmm. like you, you two are very lucky that you found each other. And, you know, it's not to say that somebody can't meet somebody and become a co-founder, but really should go through all the work. I know that there's like, you can look on Google, there's like checklists of things and like, just Mm -hmm. talk about them. I've actually referred a few people to that. And literally they've all decided not one of them is to have decided to be partners after that. Wow. Well, because they've all fundamentally figured out that they're totally different. You know, your experience, like I'm from the music industry. So like people are like, you're really gruff and aggressive and no, no, no. And I was like, but that I'm not mean. It's just like, that's how the music industry is. It's just like, I want this. Like, I don't start every email like, hello, how are you and your children? How's it been? I'm also a single mom running a business. It's like, I I have shit to do. Like if I'm on the phone, I'm like, hey, what's up? You know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't mean I'm mean. It's just, you know, that's how I am. And, you know, negotiation, you shouldn't like, there's many articles how if you're nice in a negotiation, you're losing already. Like you're done. Like this is a negotiation. Both sides want something completely opposite. So figure out in the middle. You don't have to be rude. You don't have to scream at each other, but they're contentious by nature, you know? And so, you know, I know that I'm not for everybody, you know, you know, there was somebody I was working with that was super emotional and super sensitive. And it was just like, this is never going to work because if I just said something like, Hey, can I have that? It was like, what did I do wrong? And it was like, okay, that's not like, I can't tiptoe around my life, you know? And she was felt like she was tiptoeing around. It just was never going to work, 
you know? And so, you know, that's just like tone and an everyday work, yeah. you know, temperament. I mean, Amy and I are not very sensitive people. I mean, well, we are, but we're not, we're not, I don't think we've ever cried at work about work. <laughs> about work. No, <laughs> no. You know, I think like we, we, we have we save it for the real shit that goes down in life. We yeah. can totally lock down compartmentalize, but I, you know, I would say that, um, I think actually, I mean, this is like the first time I thought about this, but I think like the key to our longevity is the fact that we're both very open-minded with each other. Right. So it's like a lot of times you, I always joke, but like, I'm like, you forced me to have a summit and I didn't want to, and I didn't, <laughs> and I still don't. But if we had not had those in-person summits, and it was such hard work and it was so terrible, right? For me, anyway, <laughs> for me, the somewhat introvert, um, we wouldn't have gotten to where we are today. You know, it's so like Amy pushes me and I'm really resistant and, but I'll be open enough to go listen to what, she, what, what, what the point she's trying to make. And I will go along with it. Right. <laughs> Every, like maybe have I ever said no, like completely no. Yeah, maybe I have. A couple of times. Yeah, I think I think so. But but it's but, like we stay open. We stay open we, to each yeah, other. Like we have to make the case for each other. Yeah. But when <laughs> some, but when one of us feels that strongly about something, yeah. then it's like you got to pick your battles, right? Mm-hmm. And so you you save it for those moments where it's like, yeah, that's a hard no. Right. Well, we push. We push. We push each other. You know. But yeah. like instead of like trying to negotiate, you know what I mean? Like. like we know each other too well though too well i mean amy is a salesperson here okay so she is i know hey i'm pretty good too though yes she is oh my god overwhelming me i can the creative (laughs) (laughs) you were talking about um how so many potential co-founders have decided not to be co-founders after really diving in and I mean, we've talked about how we got to live with each other. I believe that just generally, and like, it's a life philosophy for me. Like, I believe going through four seasons with somebody, something, you know, in a business in a certain state to, to really understand how you feel about it. Um, and, and we have, we have a lot of friends and allies who are co-founders. Um, and most of those relationships have worked pretty well. Um, but the ones that have not, it always comes down to that moment of like, it's this very hard moment of, I want to go this direction. No, I want to go this direction. And they're never able to reconcile that. And I've had that conversation with so many women uh, who have gotten to that point. And what makes me sad is that they don't have a, a friendship anymore. They don't have a relationship at all. And and that is, I, I think that's what we tell people too, because there are a lot of women who are friends and they say, we want to start a business together. Oh, yeah. That's fine. And, you know, great if it, it can happen. But what you're risking is you're also, you're risking the loss mm-hmm. of a friendship. Yeah. And, and what, like, what does that mean? How valuable is that? Um, is it, you know, does it weigh more than the idea of starting a business together? Because those are big considerations. Um and then the flip side is I was just talking to this very successful solo founder the other day. And she's like, God, I wish I had a co-founder. I'd give anything to have a co-founder, but here I am raising series B and clearly that's not going to happen, but I wish I had this. Mm-hmm. And so it's, um, but she feels she's too far along. So, 
you know, I think we were certainly very fortunate, um, but there are a lot of big questions to ask yourself when you're starting a business, um, especially thinking about it with someone else who is often a friend. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's also whether or not you want a co-founder, whether you want to do it yourself or yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, I was going to ask you what kind of advice you were going to give, but I think you just gave it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and I know that we're running uh, low on time. Um, I always ask this um, question at the end and I like to do a little spontaneous. Um, So everyone's been asked this question and what is the worst advice you've ever received? Because women get a lot of shit advice. Mm -hmm. I would like to say that the worst advice that we received was that famous conversation that we had with someone who shall go unnamed, who also runs a media company, right? Um, oh, yes. Which was, oh, man, yes. he said to us when we started, he said, oh my God, I would just take your faces and take your, you know, old ass. I mean, he didn't say that, but basically he was saying like, take your old ass, you know, photos or whatever, the personas out of your brand. No, nobody wants to see that. Yeah. Right. That's, that's what he's telling us. So he, we were very at Splendora. I was, you know, in my early thirties and I was, I, I really hated the idea of stepping out in front of my brand. And um, I got amazing advice from this woman who's like a genius. And she's a very, very, very famous creative director now retired. And she said to me, you need to step out in front of your brand. And you need to let people know what the brand is all about. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to put my face out there. You know, and she's like, well, I think that you should, because I, you know, some, sometimes brands need a brand leader and you're the creative director. I'm like, nope. So I didn't do it. And Amy, I started doing it later. And that's actually how the brand sold, right? It was like, it's sold based on our personalities. And so when we started what we put ourselves front and center and it was about Amy, we write, we, we write, we always write in we, you know? And it's Amy and me. And so he was like, you, you do not want to be associated with your brand. It's, it's not going to grow that he way. He said, for some reason, some people are still following what you yeah, write, what a read, but, <laughs> but, but, but putting our, but that was the worst advice. Be, and, and then we, we were like, it was funny because like in, when I was young, <laughs> I was too shy to put myself out there. And then, you know, now we're older and more confident and we're like, fuck yeah, let's put ourselves out there. Right. Because I'm sure there's plenty of people like us, you know, we could be the older sisters for some people or the younger sisters for the old people, <laughs> like the 90 year olds. <laughs> but but um, it's specific to like who you're, you know, who you're, who is your community. Right. Yeah. Yes. Well, we, that is how, that's why I say it's the worst advice because Amy and I had never grown a real community. Mm-hmm. We had followers, we had plenty of followers and subscribers back in, you know, in the day of Splendora. But once we started putting ourselves out there, we were able to grow a community of a hundred thousand women, like 24,000 of those women are on Facebook alone in a private community, you know, and th- that would not have happened. And at the head of our community yeah. is Amy and I having dinner together. You know what I mean? Like the, they needed to see real women there yeah. to say, okay, I trust them, you know? And so that, that was the worst advice that I received. The, yeah, the worst advice, but also that was the greatest motivator because we walked out of there feeling, we were so hanged dog. We're like, oh, shit, this sucks. And now I was like, fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it took us, gosh, gee, I think it took us two, two or three months after that 
And we had t- completely turned it around. Not There was nothing to turn around, but that feeling, we took it and used it to actually like go hardcore and build our community. And you so, know, I have to say, he, it, well, he gave us the worst advice. Yeah. And at the same time, the very best advice in the same meeting. Um, yes, that's right. By the way, this meeting, he had a little dog that he just bought. <laughs> and he had showed us that while we were sitting in that meeting, that dog was able to get more Instagram followers than we had. Cause he's like, why aren't you on Instagram? We're like, we don't like Instagram. He's like, I don't care if you don't like it. And so w- w- the second piece of advice, which was the best advice we ever received in our career um, was forget about the platform because Amy and I, when we started the, what it was just going to be the, what list, it was just going to be email. He's like an email. Only old people read emails. Like, why do you care where, how it gets served up, serve it everywhere you can and see where it's going to take, see, see where people are going to bite. And if it wasn't for him saying that we wouldn't have put it on Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram. Right. And then we realized that Facebook is where it just exploded in a Mm -hmm. private group and we would have never known that. Mm -hmm. So that was like, you know, yeah. That was was the best because it also led us to the idea that we are, yeah, our our brand is much bigger than where it sits, whether it's the Alliance, whether it's the Facebook community, whether it's the newsletter. So it, it lives everywhere. So I'm thankful to him for that. He shall be nameless though. Yeah. (laughs) I, I kind of love him though. You know, I I mean, you gotta love somebody who just like tells you like it is. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for that. Uh, Well, thank you, ladies, for coming on. Um, Loved having you and love your story. It's amazing. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this edition of Taking Care of Lady Business. Please like, subscribe, and let us know what other topics that you want to hear about. Until then, I'm Jennifer Justice.